Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 305 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to get your tennis stroke unstuck. If you feel like you've hit a plateau in a particular stroke or a particular part of your game, or you're actively trying to improve part of your game and it's just not getting better, your forehand, your backhand, your serve, whatever, then today's episode is super, super critical for you. And it starts off with a little bit of a story just to give some context that I think is really important. And then I'm going to go into five ways to get unstuck and keep advancing in your technique. All really critical elements. So, This starts off with a phone conversation I had about a week ago with an in an inbound student of mine. We we have just for a very small amount of people, we have a remote coaching program called Essential Tennis Elite. At most we have six spots for that because we just have very limited time to actively manage the improvement process for people remotely. And so I had kind of the first call with a new student working with me. And we had like an hour-long call. We were talking about his goals, his his game, his weaknesses, his strengths, what he wants to accomplish over the next six months, and talked about expectations, what, what he should expect, what the process is going to be like. And then right at the end, like he, he was literally saying, all right, well, I'm really looking forward to this. Like he was starting to wrap up the conversation. And I said, oh, wait, what? I forgot about one kind of expectation thing. And I said, listen, this is really important. It'll just take... 20 seconds. I just need to make sure I throw this in there and you're aware of it. At some point, I said to my student, you need to be sure that you have realistic expectations that at some point we're going to hit some kind of roadblock. You're going to get stuck at some point where you understand what you're supposed to do. You're very clear on the steps that you need to take and what your technique should look like, but for whatever reason, it's just not happening. And, you know, don't worry about it. We'll find a way around it. That's exactly what the coaches, that's what I'm here for, is to help you find a a detour around that roadblock. But I just want to make sure you're, you're clear that just like with all of our students, at some point, there'll be some kind of sticking point where you're just not moving forward. And that's just part of it. That's just part of the process. And I thought that was going to totally be the end of it, but my there was like a silence for a second or two, and he, and he said, "I'm so happy you told me that. I, I I never ever would have guessed that it's totally normal for players to get stuck with a particular stroke." And then I was like, "Really?" And it's just the kind of thing that when you're a coach and when you teach something for a living. Sometimes you lose sight of the perspective of what it's like on the other side of things. And so I was really happy I had this conversation. And I went on to describe to him our VIP coaching students, the ones that fly here to Milwaukee to work with us. And they fly in from all over the country, even different countries, to work with us. And over the last several years, we've had 25, 30, maybe 35 of these students who we spend two days with. And we engineer the most beneficial environment for them to learn in. Every possible advantage they could possibly have to advance as quickly as possible, we put put in front of them. From the video analysis on every single repetition to multiple coaches uh, brainstorming together on what the best route to take is forward. And we, we just, we create this environment where 
fast changes happen, big changes happen very, very quickly. But even among those students, just to give you perspective, and this is what I told my incoming uh, remote coaching student, even among those students where we've had total beginners and we've had players that were nationally ranked junior players as, as kids, really good athletes, and we've had the entire spectrum of different athletic ability, and every single student at some point gets stuck on something. So my kind of opening message here to you is what my remote coaching student found so valuable and so enlightening and so helpful to hear, and that is you're totally normal. If you're stuck right now, it's, it's totally part of it. It doesn't matter if you're a great athlete, if you're a first-time athlete, you know, picking up tennis, it's your, your first sport and you're 47 years old and you've never done any kind of athletic anything, all the way on, all the way on up to if you've been competitive at sports your entire life and you were an elite competitor as, as, a, as a teenager or even in your 20s, maybe you played college athletics. It doesn't matter who you are at some point. If you're pushing yourself and you're working hard to get better, you're working hard to advance your skills, at some point you will get stuck. So with that in mind, I've got five different ways, five different elements that are critical. I'm going to try to move through these relatively quickly, but they're all, to be honest, they're all really big and very important concepts. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Number one. The first way to get unstuck and to keep advancing in your technique is to pick a narrow focus. Ideally, just one thing on one stroke to really occupy all of your mental energy and all of your focus and effort just on that one change. And that's exactly what I'm doing with my my new student, my, my remote coaching student, is we've picked his one stroke, his backhand slice we've identified is something that would help his game and support his game tremendously. And I, to be honest with you, with, with his backhand slice, I've picked a couple things that kind of relate closely to each other, but ideally... You want to pick just a single element and focus just on that. Most players and a lot of coaches, unfortunately, pick multiple things on multiple strokes, and it causes them to go around and around in this merry-go-round of non-improvement. And it's a cycle that I like to refer to as instructional whack-a-mole, where one problem pops up, you quick whack it, and then another one pops up, and the, the whacking is your focus. And it's like, oh, you need to swing low to high. And so you really f- try hard to swing low to high for a couple repetitions. And then the coach says, oh, make sure you turn to the side. And so you make sure to turn to the side. And then, then the coach says, oh, make sure you bend your knees, keep your eye on the ball, uh, follow through high. And it's just like reminder after reminder after reminder. And then they come back around to the first thing again. Oh, you're not swinging low to high. And it's, it's absolute insanity because the only way to make changes, which is how you get better, the only way to make changes to your habits is to focus very narrowly on one thing, choose a different and new and better way of doing it and do it enough times at a high enough quality that it becomes a new habit and replaces your old one. And depending on who you are and what your level of awareness and athleticism is, it might take a few weeks, it might take several months. It totally depends on the quality and the quantity of the time and the repetitions that you put in. 
But if you're spreading that effort across multiple different focuses, then your chances of success at any of them are extremely low. And this is a big reason why players get stuck when they try to advance their technique. So bottom line, narrow your focus as much as possible on the most important thing and drop everything else to help you get unstuck on that one thing. Then progress and go ahead and move on to the next most important thing. Put all your focus and energy on that, get unstuck with that, and then move forwards. So that's number one, pick a narrow focus. The number two way to get unstuck and keep advancing is to use shadow swings. Shadow swings are so, so underrated. And even when players come out here to work with us in person, they're frequently misunderstood. And we have to kind of educate our students on the purpose of shadow swings. I think a lot of students see shadow swings as just kind of an instructional filler and or, or almost like a punishment. Like, nope, you didn't do it right. Do more shadow swings. And, and it's like, it's almost like we're uh, forcing them to... Um, pay us back for the bad rep that they just did. But the whole point of the shadow swing is to build awareness of what the body is actually doing and what the racket is actually doing. Again, we're talking about altering subconscious habits. That's what all your strokes are right now. They happen without you having to think about them. And so doing something different takes a lot of focus and a lot of concentration. And old habits don't change without a very, very clear awareness of what the difference is between the thing that you already do automatically and the new thing, the improved habit that you're trying to develop. And that's why you should use shadow swings. It's to build familiarity with the feeling of the new thing so that you can consciously, uh, like internally, mentally grasp that new movement and say, oh, okay, th that's, the, that's the new thing. That's the new way of moving my body. That's the new way of moving my racket, my hand, my arm. And we've had lots of breakthrough stories from our students who text us or write us an email. After taking a break, maybe they're on family vacation or whatever, whatever it is, they bring the racket with them. They just do a bunch of shadow swings. They don't have access to a tennis court or a ball machine or somebody to hit with. So they do a bunch of shadow swings. And then the next time they're on a court and they do the next practice or training session, they have a big breakthrough because they were just repetitively over and over and over again, training their awareness and their feeling, their ability to grasp whatever that new thing is. And most importantly, grasp the difference between that new thing and the way they're used to doing it. So the bottom line here, number two, when it comes to making changes, awareness is king. If you're stuck with a stroke, then increase your awareness of the difference between the new thing and the old thing as much as possible. That way, when a ball is coming towards you, you have the best possible chance of purposefully picking the new thing and actually doing it right and then doing it right enough times that it starts to become a new habit. It's the only way forward. It's the only way to get unstuck. Number two is use shadow swings. All right, number three, way to get unstuck and keep advancing is stay in the learning zone. Some of you have heard me talk about this before. I don't think I've, I've brought it up for, for a little while here on the podcast, but really quickly, I'll, I'll describe it. I'd like you to picture in your mind an archery target or 
a, a like a gun range, you know, target where you've got the the bullseye in the middle and then circles, larger circles forming around the outside of that bullseye. So picture a, a kind of a big center bullseye and then two uh, concentric circles around that bullseye. That middle circle, the bullseye, is our comfort zone. That's where you do the things that you're used to doing, the way you're used to doing them, and it's just the way you've always done it. And so it's very comfortable, very familiar. There's no thought needed. There's no extra effort needed. It's just doing what you've always done. The circle right outside the comfort zone is the learning zone. This is just on the periphery, just on the outside, and the next step forward as far as challenge is concerned. Now, these are things that stretch our comfort zone. It's, it's no longer comfortable. We're, we're having to move outside of what we normally do. And so it very much takes conscious effort. And it's something that doesn't happen automatically or, quote, naturally. It's something we have to basically force ourselves to do. But it's just on the outside of our comfort zone. It's not a huge departure from our comfort zone. But it is a step forward, and it's not easy or comfortable. And then the final circle, outside of the learning zone, beyond the learning zone, is the panic zone. This is where we're challenged so far outside of what we're comfortable with that we end up just getting overloaded and overwhelmed and freaked out and nothing productive actually happens because it's so far outside of what we're used to doing. And so this is a big reason why players get stuck is because they're not challenging themselves the right amount. Finding the right amount of challenge to advance your game is really, really critical. Too little challenge and you get stuck playing the way that you've always played. You essentially just end up staying right in the middle of that target right in the middle of the bullseye in your comfort zone if you don't really challenge yourself at all in terms of technical development. On the other hand, if you challenge yourself too much, if you take too many different changes at once, which we already talked about, uh, or if the change you're making is so dramatic and so far away from what you're used to doing, then when the ball comes flying towards you, you'll end up panicking and you'll revert back to your old habits. Or maybe it's, a, it's just a single focus, and maybe it's not a terribly huge departure from what you're used to, but the way that you're practicing it, there's too much challenge. So rather than doing shadow swings, rather than starting off by just dropping and hitting or with easy feeds, you just go right into a match and say, oh, oh I get it. Like I'm going to go ahead and play a match with my new forehand, and your opponent is trying to make you uncomfortable. They're trying to keep you far, as far away from your comfort zone as possible. And so your ability to execute the new thing is completely compromised. And you end up not advancing because you don't actually do the new thing at all. You end up just going back to what you know works because you have no ability to control your environment. You have no ability to be comfortable at all. Everything is just panic mode. So... The bottom line here is you need to find the right amount of challenge if you want to progress. Uh, If it's not consistently good quality repetition outside your comfort zone, then you end up in the panic zone. So staying in the learning zone is critical, and that's element number three if you want to get unstuck. All right, number four, way to get unstuck and continue to advance is to verify the quality of your execution. We just talked about 
making sure that we challenge ourselves a little bit, but not too much. Otherwise, the quality of our execution suffers tremendously. And when you're pretty sure that you've got it, that's the time where you need to verify what it is you're actually doing. The problem here, the challenge, the reason why so many players get stuck is there's a huge chasm between what they feel and what they're actually doing. They have a certain feeling or intuition about how they're moving their body, how they're swinging the racket, what their swing path is, how they're hitting the ball. And that's kind of one reality. But then in a completely different alternate reality is what they're actually doing. And this is all players, by the way. This isn't just the players who feel stuck. This is every player on the face of the earth, including myself and everybody listening and every coach and every every person at every level of the game has different gray areas where they feel like they're doing one thing, but it's not what's actually happening. And it's an, it, to be honest with you, it's a completely unending thing, like learning about how you respond, how you move, what your techniques are, what your patterns are, what your habits are. And if you don't do anything to close that gap between feeling and reality, then the chances of getting better and getting unstuck are extremely low. And that's because not all of us are super intuitive athletes, some of us more than others, but really, really quote, natural athletes can kind of figure things out intuitively, kind of like a talented musician can hear a song and sit down at the piano and just play it without needing any music, without needing any practice, can just replicate it and just do it. There are people who are all, but kind of in the same kind of way, physically gifted and athletically gifted, where they can see a demonstration and be told, this is the way you should do it, and then they just do it. That's a very, 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 very rare uh, person that's able to do that. But even among that type of person, they'll have their own unique individual strengths and weaknesses. They'll have their own types of movement that come more natural than other types of movement and that just go right down the list of the hundreds and thousands of different movements and techniques needed to be a great tennis player. There's going to be blind spots and there's going to be some places where they do get stuck regardless of how talented they are. We see it with our students. We've had extremely talented students that for the most part pretty much go straight forward and march towards the goal line of every single thing we give them. But there's always at least one thing where there's a sticking point and they get kind of frustrated. And they're like, why can't I just, they're used to just getting everything. And they're like, why can't I get this? And we help them find a way around it. And there's almost always still some kind of breakthrough there. But the fact remains that there will be that sticking point. And for the rest of us that are not uber talented like that, just about everything can be a sticking point. And so self-awareness of what we're actually doing is critical. Otherwise, we're just completely guessing about what it is we're doing. And when that's happening, when we're guessing and saying, oh, that feels, that feels right, but you don't confirm and verify, then the chances of picking the right movement and doing it the right way enough times to start to make it, start to make it a new and better habit, chances of that happening on accident by guessing are unbelievably low. So the bottom line is if you've taken a lot of lessons but you've never seen yourself actually hit, chances are you're getting stuck and 
chances are very high that, that you remain stuck. And the chances of that happening are much higher than it should be if you were to know exactly what you're doing in reality without taking somebody else's word for it or taking your own word for it as far as your internal feeling is concerned. So the bottom line is please just do video. It's the most powerful improvement tool there is because it dramatically closes that gap between what we feel and what we're actually doing. All right, moving on to number five. The fifth way that we can get unstuck and continue to advance our game and develop our tennis game is to learn to enjoy the process of development. If your primary motivation is to fix your serve so that you can win your next match next week, against Jane or Joe in the club championship. Everything will be pushed forwards. Everything will be rushed. If there's any chance that there's a shortcut and you can just jump right to the the better, more effective serve with more spin and more power and more accuracy, then of course you're going to take it. If the result of your matches is your ultimate primary motivation, then you'll end up viewing the actual training as drudgery because that's not really the, that's kind of like something that you feel like you have to do. And the bottom line is making habit changes that stick under that kind of pressure is really really tough. And this probably will sound familiar. What typically happens when a player has that focus is they get frustrated by double faulting in a match and they say, "Okay, that's it. I've, I I got to fix this this serve problem." Or maybe they're not hitting enough power. Their their opponent is just teeing off on their serve. It, they they figure out one way or another that their serve is a liability. So, they go take a lesson, they find out what's wrong. Their their coach, their pro explains it. They're like, "Oh, great. I've got it." And then they go play a match. And if you've been listening to this show for very much time, then you know that that you're kind of chuckling yourself because there's no way that's going to work. Just because you understand it doesn't mean you can do it. Doing it takes training. Doing it takes developing that new habit into a subconscious thing. Just because you get it does not mean you can do it. In fact, it almost never does unless you're one of those really talented players we talked about a few minutes ago. So they go play their, their next match and they end up just going right back to double fault and they go right back to their serve being weak and their opponent can still tee off on it. And so a week later, they take another lesson and they say, oh man, well, that last lesson didn't work. I better go you know, take another lesson, maybe from an, another coach or maybe the same coach. And they say, you know what, that, that all sounded great. And it was kind of, it was actually working during the lesson, but, but in the match, it just, you know, totally left me or I totally went back to the old way or it stopped working and, and I, I had to go back to the way I'm used to doing it. So they go back, take another lesson. Coach is like, okay, okay, yeah, now you've really got it. You know, they're hitting great serves in the lesson. And this time the, the, the player even goes and practices a little bit. They do like a little practice session before their next match and things are feeling great in practice, but they go play the match and it falls apart again. And it's kind of a back and forth, back and forth of lesson, maybe a little bit of practice, but usually not for tennis players. They'll kind of cycle between lessons and matches, lessons and matches. And they view the practice as kind of 
something that they're supposed to do and they don't really view it as being super necessary. Plus it's kind of boring. And so they never really put the reps in much less the quality of repetitions to actually develop a new habit. Most players will only practice or train the minimum that they think that they need before they quote, get it. And just getting it is not good enough. Once you get it, That's like the starting point. That's the bottom of the mountain. Once you get it, now you have to put in the repetitions, doing it correctly to actually train the new thing into your subconscious so that it just happens the next time you play a match. Getting it in and of itself does not mean you have a new stroke. It just means that you understand. And so when it comes to leaving their comfort zone and training, They're very, very weak, and it's because it's not what they actually are optimizing for. It's not what they enjoy doing. It's something they feel like they are supposed to do, and maybe they even feel like they have to do because their coach told them, but they don't actually enjoy the process itself. And so in my experience, in my opinion, the best way to keep improving is to see the learning zone getting out of your comfort zone, putting in those those repetitions that are just a, a little bit beyond what you're able to do now subconsciously or automatically. Viewing those repetitions as something that you get to do instead of have to do is really critical if you want to continue to advance year after year after year, decade after decade on the tennis courts. Learning to enjoy that process in and of itself is really critical. Otherwise, making habit changes is really, really tough unless you're a really, really gifted, talented athlete like the person uh, we were talking about earlier in this episode. So that concludes our five different ways to get unstuck. Number one, pick a narrow focus. Number two, use shadow swings. Number three, stay in the learning zone. Number four, verify your execution. And number five, learn to enjoy the process of developing those new habits. If you do all five, man, if you just do two or three of these things, you're going to get unstuck or at least continue to advance your game much easier, much more rapidly than you are now. If you do all five of them, then I I promise you that you'll see great success and you will advance even if you're not very high up on that natural athlete spectrum. In fact, I would say if you're not high up on that natural athlete spectrum, these five things are not only, I wouldn't say they're helpful, I would say they're absolutely critical. They're essential to your development as a player. So I hope this has been really helpful. I hope it's been illuminating to you, uh, just like it was to that student that I talked to on the phone about a week ago. Keep working hard on your game. I'm, I'm really proud of you, of the, the work you're putting in. And if you have any questions, any areas that you'd like me to help with, maybe make an episode out of it here on the podcast, shoot me an email to ian, that's I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.